0: to you from the second line studio i'm your host zach barry joining me benjamin woodhouse we are coming to you we're, we're kind of shaking things up a bit here hangover edition is going to be coming to you tomorrow uh nick is unable to join us as you can see uh let's uh, say um, figuratively, see, he is not in studio, but he will be with us tomorrow, and we will recap the Egg Bowl and everything that was there. We wanted to uh, wait and give him a shot to uh, give his thoughts, but we are going to recap the week that was Week 13 in the SEC and around the country. So, Ben, welcome in. How are you this Monday evening? I'm feeling great.
1: <laughs> great as uh, as far as a Monday can get you. You know, start of a new week. You get- feels good coming off of thanksgiving and uh started the holiday season and old miss played well last saturday i know we'll we'll talk about that about that on a future show
0: but uh, it's just a good time i don't think it really matters what you do or how good a weekend it was or how bad a weekend it was coming off of a three-day or four-day weekend that monday always sucks
1: it does it really does it took me a while to get in a groove today. I, that was, uh, I agree, uh, you know, and it's like my wife. We were talking about that tonight. She she went to uh, Kroger after work and had a flat tire. You know, it's like just just to to top it off, the most Monday of Mondays.
0: <laughs> yeah, the i uh, us say like a flat tire is like like is a Monday. Like that's like the best way to describe it. Yep. Um, all right, so let's jump into it. Uh, we'll start, uh, we'll, we'll kind of work our way Friday, Saturday. Um, the big game, I guess, obviously on Friday was, uh, the Notre Dame fighting Irish taking on North Carolina. Uh, this was a good one early on. Uh, the Irish pulled away late, uh, ended up winning 31 17. I'm glad we're starting here because there were, there were, I guess you could say three really good games on Friday, but we're starting here. How for real are, is Notre Dame to you? Do you, do you consider them an, an actual threat to the college football playoff, or is
1: yeah, I think Notre Dame's very good this year. I do. Um, you know, actual threat. I mean, they did beat they did beat Clemson. Now they didn't have Trevor Lawrence, but um, they're certainly pretty good. Like I, I can't. You know, I. I really like what they do on defense. They're very athletic. You know, the past the the joke has always been, well, you know they they don't have the athletes that that you know an SEC team does or whatever. But you know, this Notre Dame team is pretty athletic, and and you know they beating Clemson is not easy. Ask Alabama. So, um, you know, I like them. I, I thought that North Carolina played them well early. This week. I thought that uh you know, to kind of get into that game. But, you know, they held in book to one touchdown pass, but you know, Kyron Williams is good and and yeah, he averaged over five yards of carry against them. Um is is Longo still at North Carolina? Longo? Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. Well, you know, they they Mac Brown and Longo have got them playing well too, you know. But at the end of the day, I, I just think that, given the you know state of of COVID and everything, you kind of have to take you know this season with a grain of salt. I don't know that there are many teams playing significantly better than Notre Dame. Do I think that Notre Dame could line up and beat Alabama? Probably not. But you know, I, I don't know that anybody else could either. So. Uh, I think they've got just as good a shot as anybody. I mean, you know, if you want to say it's Alabama and then everybody else, that's fine. But I think Notre Dame would probably be at the top of everybody else.
0: And I thought that I was just impressed because I, I was impressed with Notre Dame against Clemson. And look, I know Trevor Lawrence wasn't there, but, but DJ Uyongalele is no scrub. I know he's a true freshman, but he's still good. Clemson's defense is still good. Um, I'm with you though. I've been thoroughly impressed with what Notre Dame has done defensively this season. Um, Kyle Hamilton is really fun at safety, but you know, Longo and and Sam Howell and the rest of that North Carolina offense has pretty much just virtually torched everyone this season. Um, I mean, we've even touched on it on the legal gambling council episodes where it's kind of like, well, North Carolina is playing some mediocre team. Might as well lay them. Um, so holding that offense to 17 points, and I know all the jokes about Longo, and I'm sure everybody's going to have a good time laughing at this while we while they listen to us discuss it. Um, but, you know, all jokes aside, they've been really good in the ACC the past couple of years. They've been one of the more explosive offenses in the country. And, I mean, if, if Notre Dame beats them like they did, I think a lot of people expected North Carolina to keep it close and cover uh, the four and a half five. Point spread, uh, but Notre Dame just kind of ran over him. And you mentioned, uh, the the freshman Williams, the running back, he's really good. And Ian Bookman, a lot of people laughed about him last year, said he wasn't good, and I didn't really understand that. And this isn't like a a hindsight take here or me trying to brag about something that I said in 2019. Um, I just always thought he was a good quarterback. I, I, I you know, I never said Heisman front runner, but I just didn't get the 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 hate that he was getting i always thought he was a serviceable guy last year and um you know this year tommy reese the oc has done a phenomenal job i watched a good bit of this game and it was an absolute pleasure to watch i mean the the offensive play calling um was a ton of fun they do a lot of good things with ian book they move him around and um yeah i mean i i think that you know this isn't some year where you can do the usual. Well, Notre Dame doesn't play anybody, you know. While well, they, they they play Southern Cal, and they have their service academy games, and then they play a bunch of scrubs. Like no, 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 they're in the ACC this year. They're playing an ACC schedule. Uh, this is this is a legit Notre Dame team. Yeah, Brian Kelly's got it going. Uh, yeah, I like them.
1: Yeah, I mean, people could say what they want. You know, some years Notre Dame is overranked preseason, but that's not the case this year. They're they're very good. You know, they had that one close game to against Louisville, other than that, they've really taken care of business. If you go through their scores, you know, they beat Duke by two touchdowns. It wasn't that close. Beat South Florida (laughs) 52-0. Beat Florida State 42-26. Of course, the close game in Louisville. Blew out Pitt 45-3. Blew out Georgia Tech 31-13. Beat Clemson. Blew out or beat Boston College on the road 45-31. And Boston College isn't bad. I mean, they played Clemson well. And then they won on the road at North Carolina. So, I mean, they've got Syracuse and Wake Forest left, and they're certainly going to blow both of those teams out. I just, I think this is a, a legit national title contender. Do I think they're going to win the national title? I don't know. I think they would not be favored in the national title game, but they certainly could make it. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, it, look, it depends on uh, which side of the bracket they're on in the playoff. If it's a one versus four, Probably not gonna move on, but if they're in that two spot, that's that's the that's the prime spot. Now we all know what happened last time Alabama Notre Dame met in the national title, but we won't we won't get there tonight. Um, the other game that was fun on Friday, Iowa State. Shout out to our boy Levi and the and the good folks at Wide Right Natty Light. The clones get it done. Beating Texas at Texas It I think I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, I think this was the first time ever Iowa State has beaten Oklahoma and Texas in the same year. Does that sound right to you, Ben? It sounds right. I, I'll believe you because
1: I just can't imagine that it's happened in the past. But, you know, is this a, was this a um, an inter- job interview for Matt Campbell? Oh, it, it might as well
0: be. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, I, I think he's <laughs> the next coach of Texas for sure.
0: It could be. Uh, it's, you know, probably him and urban are the two guys up that uh boosters in uh, on the 100 acres are looking at but uh so watch this one. Being
1: my- not being overrated is sam ellinger the most overrated quarterback
0: <laughs> oh my god we talked about this last year on the pod quite a bit it became like a running joke uh with uh, the sam ellinger hype train um yeah, the Longhorns just haven't gotten it done. I watched this one with my dad, and I don't think my dad watches a ton of Big Twelve football. And I think this might have been his first time to uh to get a look at a uh, talk Purdy to me. Brock Purdy, three hundred and twelve yards through the air. Brees Hall ran for ninety one. Um, I mean, look, man, this isn't like a joke or being cute. I mean, Iowa State probably has the best core or um the best quarterback and running back duo in the conference. Purdy is playing at as good a level as anybody at quarterback is right now. Um, Brees Hall, I don't know where he is in the conference in terms of rushing. He might be the number one rusher in the in the conference, but ninety one yards on the ground from him. I mean, just a total team effort there. Um, and look, I, I mean, well, this is
1: Iowa State having the most old Miss seven and two season ever, losing
0: to. Louisiana Lafayette and beating Oklahoma and Texas. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's the equivalent of like Chad and them losing to Memphis early and then going to the Sugar Bowl or like Eli losing to Memphis Um, yeah I mean good for Matt Campbell good for that program I mean they've been they've been so close to getting over the hump and they're finally uh, they clinch a spot in the Big 12 title game probably going to get that rematch with Oklahoma as I think the Sooners are going to kind of waltz their way there um, but that was a big win. I mean, it went back and forth. Texas hung in there, and uh, Iowa State held them off. And I believe – did Texas have a shot at a field goal to tie it at the end? I think they did. Is that what it yeah. was? It was like a 57-yarder. Yeah, the I mean, yeah. Went left. The,
1: the kicker wasn't even upset. He missed it. It was so far.
0: So, big win for the Clones. Um Yeah spot in the big 12 title game that's uncharted territory for them so good for uh, Matt Campbell good for the folks in Ames Uh, and then I will reluctantly talk about this one Ben the other really good game of the night Oregon State Oregon uh, one of my locks was unfortunately uh, Oregon covering the spread I thought that they would shake it off and you know get that UCLA game out of their system Mario Cristobal, and now this is by no means an anti-endorsement for Mr. Cristobal in Oregon. Um, I still think they're in a good spot. Uh, they 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 have recruited at an extremely high level. I think right now they have the best class ever uh, in the history of Oregon football committed. Um, I don't think they're going to fall off at all. But, I mean, look at this. Uh, going back and looking at this, Ben, uh, the series record... Um, Oregon had won every game since 2008 uh, except for two. 2016, they lost by 10, and then this year. So they had dominated this series as of late. Um, So, I mean, the Beavers hung in there, took it to them. Um, Tyler Shuck threw for 285. um, And, I mean, an absolute whale of a day for Jamar Jefferson, the uh, 5'10", 217 running back from Harbor City, California. Uh, he ran for a healthy chunk, um, 226. Sorry, computer is loading there. 226 on the ground for a guy that Mario Cristobal, that you and I talk about it quite a bit, I think is in line to take over for Nick Saban at Alabama whenever he's done. That's not going to be uh, something that, is going to be kind in the film room this week for the Ducks, giving up that much on the ground. A team that Oregon has prided themselves on being physical at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, they kind of look out of sorts right now.
1: They do, they do. Sorry, I was on mute. I pulled a, uh, uh, pulled a Nick, the yes. ghost of oh. Nick Carr's oh. past. The Oregon-Oregon State deal, you know, shout out Tristan Jibia, son of the former Ole Miss tight end Rich Jibia. You remember he yeah. was a recruit? Uh, playing quarterback for – Shout out Calabasas. That's right. Um, look, Oregon State pretty much beat Oregon in every category. And the most eye-opening thing to me is Oregon gave up 269 yards on the ground. And, you know, Oregon State's running back, Jamar Jefferson, averaged almost eight yards per carry. That's just too much. Like, you just can't – I mean, you can't expect to win a rivalry game, even though Oregon was in it, you know, and actually were winning. I mean, it took a 22-7 to fourth quarter, Oregon State beating Oregon, for them to, you know, win it. But uh, either way, I I, I just think that – um, Oregon is good and they got a great recruiting class. They're only going to get better. But, you know, Crystal Ball plays a little bit of a different style of football than what they're used to there. Um, and so it's just gonna take some time. But, you know, at the same time, shout out Oregon State. I mean, they they've been pretty good this year. Like they're you know, four for Oregon State, right? I mean, they've only played four games, but you know, they beat Cal and beat Oregon in the same year. That's not bad. You know, they played Washington and Washington State close. Oregon State is, in the p- past few years, has just been getting blown out by teams. I mean, I, you know, they, you go back and look at their scores. They've been bad. I mean, it's been a long few years for the Beavers. And so it's good that good that, you know, they can kind of get things turned around there.
0: All right, uh, let's see. Looking elsewhere. Friday, not much. Um, Liberty covered against UMass, just further proof they don't ever count on UMass for anything. Uh, UCF won a shootout against South Florida. Um, Probably uh, the game, uh, Stanford won on a uh, missed extra point to beat Cal. Cal. Uh one of the uh, the head scratchers people keep wanting to hype up Scott Frost for whatever reason. Nebraska 20, Iowa 26. Uh Kirk Ferentz and company get it done. All right, well before we take our break, I, I want to get your thoughts. You know where I stand. What in the world is going on with Scott Frost and the Cornhuskers?
1: Man, you just can't win in Nebraska anymore. It's too late. There's it's just I there's I don't think that both Nebraska and Iowa can be good, right? Like I don't think that there are only so many Midwestern football teams with huge, you know, linemen that that can that ex- can be good and exist. Wisconsin's going to be one of them, and as long as Kirk Ferentz is at Iowa and that he's got them playing well, they're going to be one, and then Iowa State has good players too. So You know, there's just not a lot left over for Nebraska to get. I mean, it's not like Nebraska can go into Austin, Texas, or in Dallas, Texas, or Houston, or wherever, and say, hey, man, come to Lincoln and play. Like, because now Ole Miss is in that place. 20 years ago, Ole Miss didn't have the budget to go into Texas and recruit. Or Auburn. I mean, Auburn maybe slightly, but you're talking about now the SEC is in Texas and Oklahoma and the Midwest recruiting as well. And, you know, proximity to home is not as big of a deal. And there's just not good talent in Nebraska. You know, you know, they can they can pack out however many games in a row that they want to. It is what it is. Like, the, you just, it's just not a place. It is a place that was good in the 90s, and it's never going to be good again. I mean, it's, you know, I guess you could say never, say never, but I will say never. Nebraska will never be good again.
0: <laughs> it's, we, we've talked about it before on the show. It's kind of one of those programs that's just, falling by the wayside with how college football, the landscape has changed. And, you know, we talked about the Longhorns earlier and like Texas is just a completely different state. Now everybody recruits it. You got a and him in there playing really well. They're a top 10 program right now. TCU plays well. SMU plays well. Um, you know, Texas tech has their moments it's not just a state where the Longhorns can just throw that burn orange hat on the table and kids automatically go. Um, And then Nebraska is just, you know, smack dab in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's it's not like kids are just flocking to Lincoln, Nebraska to go play.
1: Where's Lincoln, Nebraska? What's it close to? I mean, oh, quickly, I mean, what city is Lincoln close to? There isn't one. I mean, you're not going <laughs> to recruit somebody I mean,
0: like, "Hey, man, the nightlife in Omaha is sick." <laughs> like, I mean, I've I've been to Lincoln once, and I mean, it was okay. Like, I I was no, no. I'm away, sure it's a cool but, place. Like, I'm sure it's great. But like, I mean, it I, looks close to Kansas City, but I mean, that's not a huge booming. But I mean, in December, it's, it's going to be
1: below zero, and uh, and uh, it's not. I, It's just not the program that it was. I mean, there's not a lot to sell there. Yeah, I mean, it's... um, And I like Scott Frost at UCF, but this tells you how hard that job is because he whooped everybody
0: at UCF. Yeah, and, you know, I don't... I'm really hesitant to say that he's a bad coach because I don't think he's a bad coach. I just think that it's... They had a nice thing going with Bo Pelini, and look, I know Bo Pelini is is struggling right now with 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 coaching defense at LSU. But I mean, that was a guy that won nine games every single year he was there, and they got tired of it. And I think that that's this weird mindset that these programs have. It's like it's like Michigan, it's like Tennessee, it's like Florida State. Uh, Miami has it a little bit here and there. Miami's been humbled by the NCAA, so they're. They're coming around a little bit, but you know, Penn State's kind of getting a little taste of that this year. You know, I people have asked me, you know, why is Penn State so bad? I have no idea. I mean, my first first thing that I think of is they must not be good in the trenches on either on either line and the quarterback's struggling. I mean that's I mean, you've played high level college sports. I mean, that's kind of what I normally go to is the quarterback's probably not playing well and you're getting whipped up front on either side of the ball. That's fair, right? Yeah, absolutely. Look I I just
1: went went and looked at Scott Frost's record, you know, over the last two years (laughs) or the or in his career. I didn't realize he'd only been a head coach since 2016, and only had two seasons at UCF. The second one obviously went 13 and 0, and they won the national championship. But the first one, he went six and seven. So he's only had one winning season in in his coaching career. It it happened to be the 13 and 0 national championship, but
0: you know, anyway, or their claimed
1: national championship. Sorry,
0: yeah. yeah Um, all right we're going to take our break real quick when we come back we're going to touch on all of the Saturday games we'll mostly cover SEC talk about the other um, rivalry games around the conference and then uh, we'll close after that so hang tight real quick word from the sponsors when we come back SEC in week 13 It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Iris in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost-grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly Combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials, 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going... Be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, Go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe an anniversary A wedding reception A rehearsal dinner Something The place is amazing That's Wonderbird Spirits North Mississippi's first distillery In Taylor, Mississippi And be sure to follow them on Instagram For all their latest updates And uh, comings and goings there At Wonderbird Speaking of libations If you're in Memphis And you're looking to stock the cooler this year Old Dominic on South Front Street Is your place to go just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out their rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station high-ride bourbon, the Memphis toddy, the Memphis vodka, or the new Honeybell vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch high-ride bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high-rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So like we always say, ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And as always, OD encourages you to share sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, inquire about financing all online if you want to do it a little old school maybe uh conversate via telephone you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new ford today And we are back here, Podcast Rebellion. All right, Ben. Saturday was was quite busy. Um, Ole Miss, Mississippi State play, but we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Um, I guess the first one we can jump to, number 22 Auburn at number one Alabama. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it to you. This one went exactly how we thought it would. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's not a lot to say here. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, Alabama. It's so funny because I I find myself defending them sometimes when I shouldn't, but because there's no reason to. But it's so funny because, you know, the the running joke on Twitter right now is that Mac Jones is a game manager, and Mm -hmm. you know, please keep calling him a game manager. Please, you know, people keep saying that, and look, he kind of is, but he's a game manager that goes you know, 20 for 25 for 300 yards and five touchdowns every game. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, he's only a game manager because that's all he has to be. I think he's capable of carrying a team, too. I think he's that good. But he, you know, is – I don't know that the backup comes in and does the same thing that he's doing. But at the same time, I I think it's a compliment to him because it's not like he's – they're winning games. They would win games anyway. Let me – figure out how to say this correctly Alabama would win games regardless who is at quarterback but they're not losing them because of Mac Jones so you know he's doing his job but to, to get on to this game I mean Auburn only had 120 yards rushing you know Bo Nix threw two interceptions the game was never in question I think it was 21 to 3 at halftime then it was 35 to 6 at the end of the third quarter just to just a thorough win for Alabama. Just just beat down.
0: It, it was never close. Um, Mac Jones is probably the only person playing at a higher level than Matt Corral right now. And then, you know, speaking of someone playing at a higher level than an Ole Miss guy, Devontae Smith is trying to make it incredibly hard on the folks at the Blitnikoff Award uh, Board Selection Committee, whatever, on a... Uh, he's doing his damnedest to try to steal that award from Elijah Moore. He finished with 171 yards receiving. He and Elijah are neck and neck atop the sec. Um, Devontae just continues to just torch people. Uh, I believe he's at 12 touchdowns right now. Elijah has eight, I believe. Uh, but yeah, Mac finishes with three Oh two Najee Harris, (laughs) a, a mediocre day at the office only ran for 96, but, um, yeah, you, you go from last week where folks at Auburn are pounding their chest about how good Gus is in the Iron Bowl, and then now it's back to, uh, you know, they might be looking for a coach. So Alabama strolls to an easy win here. Um, this is this, this game has kind of become a rivalry. Um, we're going to step out of the SEC for a moment. Pitt at Clemson. Uh, you know, Pitt didn't quite happen uh, last week, and Trevor Lawrence's return throws for four hundred three. Clemson just absolutely just rips Pitt to shreds fifty two seventeen. Trevor Etienne didn't have to do much; he only had fifty eight yards rushing. Um, just an absolute beatdown. We don't even have to spend too much time on this, but Clemson's trying to uh, reestablish themselves as uh, a legitimate threat to Alabama once again. Yeah, I mean this
1: game was a complete blowout Pitt had 246 yards it was 52 to 17 but it really wasn't even that close um
0: yeah i i think
1: clemson could have
0: probably scored 70 if they wanted to
1: yeah yeah and you know clemson's doing this all while get they get penalized much they had eight penalties that game you know kind of like Ole miss i think mississippi state but um clemson it, it doesn't matter man they're they're just too good and and that's why it's so impressive what Notre Dame was able to do to him was you know just win the game because Clemson's got such a machine going right now
0: yeah it's uh yeah no no Trevor Lawrence no problem um that's kind of what most people thought Notre Dame kind of punched him in the mouth and now i think Trevor's back Dabo's kind of a little bit a little bit perturbed A lot of the uh, criticism that he received for what he said, for good reason, for what he said about Florida State. Uh, Clemson just seems like a team on a mission now. Probably going to win their however many ACC title in a row and kind of stroll to the playoff. Uh, Moving on, rivalry weekend, LSU at Texas A&M, number five, (laughs) uh, A&M, the most Jimbo win ever. 20-7. to Uh, I didn't watch a single second of this game, and I'm glad I didn't because I I believe it was um, our good buddy Gray Hardison said it in our Slack channel. Uh, He said, you know, as mad as you can be about your program being a top five program right now and winning, and I think I'm quoting him right, he said that, he, if he was an, an Aggie fan, he would hate everything about how Jimbo calls the game and how he um, controls their offense because Kalamon was just absolutely brutal in this game. I'm pulling up the box score now. All right, uh, Zach, he, I'm, I'm gonna get into that as you're going, as you're looking at that. There
1: were 534 total yards in this game, so. Both teams there finished were, with two sixty-seven. Yeah, there were three hundred thirty-six total passing yards, like in the whole game. It's twenty. It's it's twenty twenty, dude. Three hundred thirty-six yeah. total passing yards between the two teams. I couldn't tell you the last time that Ole Miss played in a game like that. LSU had thirty-six rushing yards. Both teams were two of sixteen on third down. That's I mean, so, this that's is brutal. Just a. An awful game. Now, a was up 20 to nothing at one point, but man, they don't look that unbeatable if you look at this box score.
0: They don't, um, and I, you're obviously referring to Ole Miss playing them next week. The only thing that should give anyone that's an Ole Miss fan some pause here is that Isaiah Spiller... Uh, ran for 141 and a touchdown against LSU. Now, LSU's defense is, is nothing to write home about, but, dude, Kellamon, 11 of 34 for 105 yards. I mean, that's it. Aeneas Smith had three catches for 36 yards. Um, Just an absolute, just pulling teeth out game. I mean, TJ Finley... Through for more yards than Kelamon, but he only completed nine passes. Um, the majority of those, uh, if it wasn't him, it was the other quarterback that his name has escaped me. I have no idea who he is. Um, Max Johnson finished a 14 of 22 for 113 yards for a touchdown. Terrace Marshall before he opted out. Ten catches, 134 yards and a touchdown. I guess that was his final game as an LSU Tiger uh, getting ready for the NFL. He is done for the year. So, yeah, I mean, if you're an Ole Miss fan and you watch this, looking at your two final opponents, I mean, I think A&M is still a tough ask for this team and how young they are on defense and trying to stop Spiller. Um, but, man, LSU is just a disaster right now. They are.
1: LSU's lead rusher, had 1.8 yards per – 1.6 yards per carry in the game. <laughs> It's just bad, uh, man. Coming off of a – It's not good. Of, you, look, Terrace Marshall had 134 yards receiving, and then he opted out for the rest of the season. Yeah, not good. I mean, I don't
0: – that's just like a dumpster fire. mm mm-hmm. it, I mean, you hate to see it. Uh, you truly do. Um, kind of a rapid fire here. Florida – wins 34 10 over kentucky kyle trash 256 kyle pitts had 99 yards and three touchdowns i believe florida wins comfortably they are now uh they have booked their spot in the sec title game in atlanta against alabama that one's going to be fun um going down the list here northwestern their time as a top 10 team was uh short lived michigan state knocked them off 29 20. uh georgia went into Columbia, South Carolina, wins 45-16. Um, Georgia's still a weird team. They're not very good. I mean, They ran the ball well. I think Georgia threw it less than 10 times in the game. Um, just South Carolina had a bunch of COVID issues. They're, they have an interim coach. They're a shell of the team that they were early in the season when they took it to Auburn. Um, yeah, I mean, once your coach <sighs> puts on you or gets fired. Yeah. Or you know, you're the just, team's going to go one of two ways and they've chosen the uh, the bad one yeah. Um, so yeah, Georgia wins comfortably um, Indiana continues their run um, wins 27-11 over Maryland Maryland's not bad Uh with through for 241 uh, Michael Penix uh, out for the year ACL injury but Indiana wins in spite of that uh, Coastal takes care of Texas State 49-14, sets up their big matchup next week against Liberty. Um, Texas Tech hangs in there with Oklahoma State, loses the shootout 50-44. to uh, Last one I want to touch on before we close up shop tonight, Ben. Penn State, finally off the snide, wins 27-17 over Michigan. Oh, boy. We started out the show talking about Texas and their struggles as a big-name program. We talked about Nebraska. What on earth are the Michigan men going to do now?
1: They're going to fire Jim Harbaugh, aren't they?
0: Uh, They have have to, right? He's not going to beat Ohio State. He lost to Penn State. I mean, that's like the only saving grace is, well, you can't beat Ohio State, so you got to at least beat Penn State. Well, Penn State was winless and they beat you. So now what? I I just terrible. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I I really don't. Uh, (laughs) You know, Another gonna, thing you hate I, to see. Like, who who are they going to want to get? I I mean, they, they have the money. They have the cachet. They've got the Jumpman brand uniforms. I mean, there's tons to like there, but with the monster that Ryan Day and them have going on in Columbus, and I just don't know. I mean, it's not for lack of talent. Michigan recruits extremely well in spite of Harbaugh not winning. Oh, I mean – Bad. I mean, I think I, I think I heard the stat today that, um, what's his name, the coach at Michigan State. Um, oh my god, uh, losing my mind here. Uh, drawn a complete blank. Is uh, Mel Tucker? Mel Tucker has more. I, I think it was more top ten wins now than uh, as a head coach than Jim Harbaugh after knocking off number eight Northwestern, so that's sobering. Yeah, I mean again, you hate to see it. You hate to see Michigan struggling like this, right? You do.
1: You do. Absolutely. I wonder if they're gonna be coming after Lane Kiffin. He's not I doubt he's Michigan man enough for them.
0: Yeah, I mean they you know maybe they'll come down and take him to IHOP. Who knows? <laughs> So, um, anything else from from Saturday? That no, that not you, really. Uh, not until we talk about enjoy. the
1: game. You know, <laughs> we'll have another show about that probably tomorrow. But
0: um. yeah, well, uh, we will have that. Um, I, I will say real quick uh, before we close, uh, the Legal Gambling Council had a uh, had a good week. I believe we went seven and four as a unit. Um, you guys did successfully jinx me. I went one and two. So my lead has has shrunk uh, just a little bit. Austin is right there on my tail at twenty one fifteen and one. Um, You went two and one. Nick went one and one. Had a cancellation. Uh, Y'all are both seventeen and eighteen, and then I am twenty two and thirteen. So right now we are seventy seven and sixty eight as a unit. So that is still in the black. Not bad.
1: We've we've had a. For it to be a weird year in COVID, we've still done pretty
0: good. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, that's something that uh, we we don't talk about enough is how hard it is to uh, to try to predict these games and pick winners when you know usually you'd lean on a lot of home field advantage or you know oh well they've got to go on the road and play this place at night you know there's there's none of that this year so that's been a, a fun wrinkle to throw in there but uh, but yeah seven and four so we've had. Um, after, uh, an abysmal week 11, we have now gone, uh, 13 and 10 the last two weeks. That's pretty good. Yep. Yep. It's a man.
1: I just can't believe that here we are, you know, eight, nine weeks into the season. Just crazy.
0: I know as well. Um, but yeah, like we said, we will have our egg bowl hangover edition recap. It'll be a couple days late. Nick will be with us tomorrow. We'll have that for you. And then we'll have, uh, we'll have a couple more shows this week. Um, Ole Miss is on a bye, obviously, getting ready for AM next week. But uh, Egg Bowl recap tomorrow. We'll touch on that all. We'll, we'll give you all of our thoughts. I, I think you're going to be surprised at what we have to say um, about the Egg Bowl. So uh, that's going to do it for Podcast Rebellion Week 13 recap. So for Ben, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank you all for listening. We are out.